You're listening to Criterion Channel Surfing, a podcast dedicated to the films the Criterion Collection streaming video service, The Criterion Channel. I'm your host, Josh Hornbeck. Laura Celeste Cannon, host of the Fatal Femmes podcast, joins me today to discuss March's new releases and expiring titles. Stay with us as we start surfing the Criterion Channel. If you enjoy Criterion Channel Surfing, check out Criterion Reflections, hosted by David Blakesley. Join David and his guests on their chronological journey through the films of the Criterion Collection. Each episode provides an in-depth discussion into the cultural context for the films discussed and covers Criterion releases on DVD, Blu-ray, Laserdisc, and the Criterion Channel. Find out more at CriterionCast.com. Criterion Cast, a podcast network and website for fans of quality theatrical and home video releases. Find out more at CriterionCast.com. My guest today is Laura Celeste Cannon, host of the Fatal Femmes podcast. Laura, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here, especially because there's a really good lineup of stuff that is coming and going. So it was hard for me to narrow down what we're going to talk about today. So yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah, it's it, it always is overwhelming, I feel. You know, I, I have, um, because I've, I've been a little, because of my health, I haven't been as keyed in at the top of the month into what's coming and going. And so as I was preparing my show notes, I was just blown away, uh, by what, what there is. And, uh, yeah, I think it's going to be, uh, I think we're gonna have a great conversation today. Yeah. Well, before we kind of get into everything, I would just love to, talk for a little bit and kind of uh, introduce you to some of our listeners who have probably never heard your podcast. They don't uh, know who you are and kind of what you do. So before we dive into all of that, uh, just I would love to get a little bit about kind of how you got started uh, podcasting about film, kind of what your background is with film, um, what got you interested in film in the first place? So I've always enjoyed films but in my household it was very much my mom liked classic movies mm. and comedies and my dad was all about action movies <laughs> so it would either be we were watching something like white christmas or a james bond movie and that yeah. was about as eclectic as my movie watching growing up was then I got interested in theater, and that helped expand a little bit. But what really started my movie education was when I started working at a used bookstore. Mm. And one of my bosses was Cole Rulane from the Magic Lantern podcast. Oh, yeah. So he's really responsible for the bulk of, well, for getting me into Criterion and where I have yeah, my launching point into film because he'd always be like, okay, here's a list of movies for you. Or I'd be mm -hmm. like, I'm interested in watching a movie about this. And then he'd just write me out this list of movies, sometimes things that I had no idea where to find, and I'd end up tracking them down. So that's, that's how I'm here now is because of him. Well, that's awesome. And then, yeah, he started the Magic Lantern podcast and... I, that's how I really started listening to a lot of film podcasts from there. 
again, he'd recommend ones to me and I started to get more involved in the podcasting community. But what what is my passion is female directed films and mm. then also genre films like horror, mystery, thriller, things like that. That's um, always been a real interest of mine, mm -hmm. even from when I was a little kid. Like Unsolved Mysteries was one of my favorite TV shows, even though it scared the pants off me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. So that's what we do at Fatal Films. We look at, we try to focus on female-directed movies, but especially in genre that can be difficult and as you get into older films. So if... If it's not directed by a woman, then we make sure that it is either a female-centered story mm. or that um, the behind-the-scenes is full of women, um, like the producers or the costume designers or the writers. Yeah, that's, that's what we like to focus on. And we have done... We've covered several... Uh, movies that are in the Criterion Collection, like Rebecca, Mildred Pierce, Deblique, and we're going to be covering the Japanese movie House for Halloween mm. this year. That's fun. That's a really fun, uh, fun title to to tackle for your focus. So yeah, that's great. That's great. Yeah, and I love this this focus too because I think that it is so easy for especially in genre cinema for there's so much baked in misogyny into so many of these genres. And uh, I love that you are looking at the ways that women have shaped so many of these, these films and, uh, and looking at the films that are, that are within these genres that are pushing back against that. And uh, uh, just in the episodes that I've listened to, I've really appreciated those conversations and the, uh, the approaches that you have taken in uh, not just looking at the story, but looking at the women who are behind the scenes, who are helping to write the, the stories, who are uh, centering the stories on women's experiences. So, yeah, I think this is a really great addition to the, the, the conversation on film. So uh, thanks for the work that you're doing out there. Thank you. Well, let's let's dive a little bit into the channel. You know, you you talked a little bit about how uh, you were introduced into uh, Criterion and into uh, the the world of kind of kind of had your 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 horizons expanded just a little bit by recommendations from other people and kind of diving into the film podcast community. I'm curious to know what your thoughts are on the Criterion channel itself. Um, are you a subscriber? Uh, what are some things that you like about it? Uh, all of that. Yes, I am a subscriber. Not from the very first, but very close to the very first. And I really like the way the channel has grown. Because mm. at first, I was like, oh, okay, I'll get to just watch all the Criterion movies. And then I started to get through some of the stuff that I was more interested in. And there didn't seem to be as many things but now they're just doing a lot with the different collections that they do mm. every month and i'm like yeah. oh now there's like 25 films i want to watch not gonna get to all of these how <laughs> do i pick and then of course you know time goes by and then something's leaving and it's like oh no i gotta get to this one now mm -hmm. and 
of course, you don't always get to all of them, but I really like the way that it's grown and how they've expanded, especially with the series on female filmmakers and how they keep adding to that. And then Mm -hmm. I really love that they are focusing more on directors of color as well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that is, to me, one of the, the great one of the the coolest things about it is that it seems to be this pipeline too, where they can pivot really quickly. They can uh, focus and uh, really highlight black filmmakers, female filmmakers, and then they can uh, begin to use that as a conduit to get those films sometimes into the permanent collection as well uh, onto disc. And uh, we saw that this month with the, the documentaries by Marlon Riggs. And uh, we've seen that with the, some of the, the comedies by Dorothy Arzner. And I just, I've loved seeing those, those, the ways that they have really highlighted filmmakers from different groups uh, in that way. And I, I love that, that expanding the canon beyond the straight white men who we typically think of when we think of kind of classic cinema. Yes. And I think somebody mentioned it on one of your episodes earlier this year that because it's streaming, you know, people pay for the service and they're more willing to take a chance on like, oh, this is free because I've already kind of paid for it. Whereas Mm -hmm. if you have to go buy a disc, it's harder for blind buys sometimes, especially with Criterion, because even Mm -hmm. on the sales, they're still like 20 bucks. And it's it's a way to open it up to people in a much more accessible way. Yeah, yeah. It does make that so accessible, yeah. Is there anything else that you really like about it? Anything that you find frustrating? Anything that, any workarounds that you have found for yourself to to help navigate the channel? These are all super nitpicky things. <laughs> when you add, like, the collection of something like um like the Jane Fonda series. Mm-hmm. If you just add that on there, then it you have to click on that to see all the films in it. It doesn't mm-hmm. just add the films individually to your watch list. Mm-hmm. So then I'm like, "Oh, I have to go one more extra step." Again, super nitpicky. <laughs> that that sometimes because then I'll forget about it and I'll be like, oh, that's just the image for the whole collection and they're in here. And mm-hmm. that makes me forget about films sometimes that I don't see each individual one in the lineup. Or sometimes I'll add things twice because it will be in the collection and then I'll add it individually. Yeah. So I fill up my watch list really fast with things. You know, this is the same with pretty much all watch lists and on streaming services but it would be cool if you could like order them like oh i really want to make sure i watch this one or put them in alphabetical order or something like that that would be cool yeah yeah Yeah. there are those those little those little things that you just kind of wish you had better control of how the orders work i still remember when netflix used to have that ability where you could drag and drop your uh your queue uh, back on the website years ago. And I think they have done away with all of those, those interfaces. And uh, yeah, I think it is uh, that kind of customization is no longer available on most streaming services anymore. 
Yeah, and it would probably be one of those things where I'd spend too much time just organizing my list. So it's probably <laughs> better that I can't do it. But it's still, it's like, that would be cool. Yeah, 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 definitely. Well, let's dive into the Criterion Channel's new and expiring titles for the month of March. Uh, before I kind of go over this breathless list of, of content that we have, Laura, what are just your first impressions of the, the films that we have added? I'm really excited about a lot of the things that they've added this month, especially like the Black Western. Mm. And... So I'm not a Western person. It's just never really spoken to me, but I've been spending a lot of time with my 96-year-old grandmother. I'm one of her caretakers, mm -hmm. and all she wants to watch is Westerns. So mm. I've become more interested in it lately, mm -hmm. and it was like Criterion just kind of looked into my life and was like, okay, she needs this collection right now. <laughs> So I'm super excited about that one. But there's a, a ton of stuff on there that, like I said, I had to really narrow down my list of things um, uh, of what I'm interested in talking about because they've just added so much that looks really fun this month. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Well, let me uh, blow through this because there's a lot here. We have this month Black Westerns with Sergeant Rutledge, Duelet Diablo, The Learning Tree, Skin Game, Black Rodeo, and a whole lot of other ones all the way up to uh, Posse, Buffalo Soldiers, and Rosewood. We have Mark Cousins' uh, epic documentary Women Make Film along with a really incredible selection of films that are highlighted in that documentary, uh, including Olympia, La Pointe Corotte, The Connection, Something Different, Le Bonheur, Wings, Daisies. Um, I mean, it's just, it's a really, really incredible collection of uh, films there. We have Creative Marriages, Jean-Luc Godard and Anna Karina with Band of Outsiders and Pierrot Le Fou. Directed by Preston Sturges with The Great McGinty, Christmas in July, The Lady Eve, Sullivan's Travels, The Palm Beach Story, The Miracle of Morgan's Creek, Hail the Conquering Hero, and Unfaithfully Yours. We have films by Rodney Evans with Brother to Brother and Vision Portraits. We have Hawaii Shorts with The Honey Noon, Kalewa, The Moon and the Night, Other People, The Pit Where We Were Born, Down on the Sidewalk in Waikiki, and Molokai Bound. We have directed by Nellie Kaplan with A Very Curious Girl, Papa, The Little Boats, Charles and Lucy, and The Pleasure of Love. We have Charlie Chaplin, The, Mutu the Mutual Comedies, with uh, a really good, great collection of Chaplin shorts. We have directed by Bimal Roy with Dubiga Zamin, Devidas, Madumati, Sujita, and Badini. We have the Essential Fellini box set uh, brought over to the channel with Variety Lights, The White Sheik, Eva Deloni, La Strada, Il Bidoni, Knights of Cabiria, Eight and a Half, Juliet of the Spirits, Amacord, and The Ship Sails On, and Intervista. And uh, we also have City of Women added to this, which is not in the uh, Essential Fellini box set. 
We have starring Dirk Bogard with The Sea Shall Not Have Them, Cast a Dark Shadow, Victim, The Servant, Darling, Accident, The Damned, Death in Venice, The Night Porter, Despair, and Daddy Nostalgia. We have directed by Ursula Mayer with Home and Sister. We have the streaming premiere of the 20th century. We have a really just incredible collection of uh, individual titles that have been added with A New Leaf, Boat People, Don't Blink, Robert Frank, Marcello Mastrioni, I Remember, Grace Jones, Bloodlight and Bammy, and Giuseppe Makes a Movie. Criterion Collection editions of The In-Laws, Let the Sunshine In, and Mandabi. Saturday matinees of The Steamroller and the Violin, Shane, Nal, and uh, Georges Millet, Fairy Tales in Color, which has just this incredible collection of Georges Millet uh, short films. We have short plus features of Bone Shaker and Cane River, Man Rots from the Head and Salesman, Mary Last Scene and The Vanishing, double features of The Last Tree and The 400 Blows, The Visitor and I Knew Her Well, Cooley High and Rock and Roll High School, The Blue Angel and Lola. We have a new Observations in Film Art with The Viewer Who Knew Just Enough, Point of View and Blood Simple. Then we have new additions to the 30 Years of the Film Foundation bundle with Pandora and the Flying Dutchman, La Strada and Il, Bo Il Bidone. New additions to the Starring Ruby D bundle with The Edge of the City. And new additions to the Lovers on the Run bundle with Gun Crazy. So yeah, this is a, again, there's a lot here. And I, I mean, I just, I don't even know where to begin. Uh, this is, this is a lot. Uh, Laura, let's, let's help people figure out what to catch and, and what, what is, where, where they should focus their time and energy here. Laura, what are a couple of films that you would really recommend people check out? Okay. So first I'm going to start off with my lady, Elaine May and a new mm -hmm. leaf. It's so funny. It's a dark comedy. Honestly, I love anything that she's done. Even Ishtar. I know a lot mm -hmm. of people have strong feelings about that one, but I, th I still think there's a lot of merit in it. But A New Leaf is her first movie that she directed. And just right off the bat, you see what a phenomenal director she is. She also starred in it, and I believe she wrote it too. It's adapted from a short story. And it's so funny. It's so dark. Walter Matthau is fantastic in it, and they play together so well in this movie. Basically, for people who don't know the synopsis, he is this rich bachelor who finds out that he is broke. And the only way he's going to get this inheritance from his uncle is if he marries by a certain birthday. Well, he doesn't want to get married, but in order to get the money, he figures, well, I'll marry somebody and then kill them, and then I'll just continue <laughs> living my life as I was. Well, he finds out that it's not quite as easy as he was planning. Nobody really wants to marry him, and so when he does find somebody again, then bumping them off isn't as easy as he thought it was going to be. So it's it's a romantic comedy cat and mouse murder-ish movie, <laughs> but it's also hilarious. Yeah, this is one that I have been really, really excited to catch. I really, ever since hearing the, the, the complete podcasts 
deep dive into the films of Elaine May. This is one that uh, has just really sounded delightful. And uh, yeah, I'm very eager to to really uh, dig into this very, very dark, very fun comedy, it sounds like. Yes, and I will second you on the Complete Podcast's uh, season on her. It's fantastic. So watch the movie, then go listen to them. Gun Crazy. Mm. That is a fantastic movie, and it is directed by a man, but the female character in it is so complex and so wonderful. I just... I love her. And again, it's a great relationship movie, even though it's a very messed up relationship. The main character in it is a guy who's been fascinated by guns ever since he was a small child. But after he accidentally kills something, he vows he will never use guns as a form of death. He's just like a trick shooter. He just really likes to shoot. Mm-hmm. Well, he meets up and falls in love with this lady that doesn't share the same philosophy, and then they become bank robbers and outlaws, and mm-hmm. it's very ill-fated, but fantastic movie. Yeah, uh, I saw this back when Warner Archive had their own streaming service a number of years ago, and uh, this is just really a, a great noir. There's some really incredible sequences in it, some really great uh, camera moves um and some really just intense sequences uh that are uh really stunning um it's a really really compelling film yeah i I would definitely second this recommendation what about you what do i need to watch (laughs) yeah you know i i am going to recommend for people that don't have the criterion edition uh, i'm going to recommend let the sun shine in uh directed by uh claire denis starring uh, Juliette Binoche. I absolutely love this film. I find it just so compelling. It was a film that was made as kind of a... uh, Claire Denis made it, I believe, while she was waiting for financing or waiting for the cast to become available before she made High Life. So it was made in a really short period of time as in a window in between other projects. And it's the story of uh, a, uh, a middle-aged woman who is looking for love and looking for... We, we find her as she is kind of moving between a series of different relationships in search of something, some deeper connection. And uh, the, the men in her life all are trying to give her something, but they're all either self-absorbed or they they think they're giving her something that they can't actually give her. And Juliette Binoche is just such a, an incredible performer that uh, just you catch uh, Claire Denis just frames her in such a way that we see there's one scene in particular in which she's talking with her boyfriend at the time, who is an actor and you see just in this long, long reaction shot that she knows the relationship is over because he's so self-absorbed and he is so completely focused on his own 
his own things and isn't isn't concerned about a give and take between the two of them and isn't concerned with connecting with her and you can see it just in her eyes and in her reaction uh and it's a subtle thing but uh it's just so beautiful the way it's done claire denny also i think is just one of those filmmakers who who is able to capture what it is to just be in your body and to be physically present in your your space and uh, I just think she does that so well throughout this film. I caught it first at the Seattle International Film Festival and it's one of those films that people either really love or hate and I know people absolutely hated it there The but there was something about it that I found so captivating. It's very elliptical the story kind of just kind of moves between sequences uh, and just carries you through these chapters in her life uh, I think it's beautiful and uh, just want to highly recommend it to anyone who's willing to take a chance on that film. I've wanted to see this one for a while, so it's at the top of my watch list. Yeah, it's it's pretty great. And then I also really want to recommend The Blue Angel, uh, directed by Joseph von Sternberg and starring Marlene Dietrich. It is uh, part of the... Uh, Joseph von Sternberg and Marlene Dietrich bundle that's on the channel. It's also a double feature with um, Fassbender's Lola. The Blue Angel is a, uh, it's one of their German collaborations. I, I really love their collaborations throughout their careers together. But this is one that uh, I remember seeing, I don't know how many years ago, back when I was first starting to get into art house film. And it's it's a story that just captivated me the way uh, so many of those those early foreign films, early international films did as I was just beginning to dip my toes into to better cinema. And uh, it's the story of the headmaster of a boys school who discovers that all of his students are attending a cabaret and he goes to see what it's all about and he becomes obsessed with one of the performers so then it really becomes this story of obsession and he marries her and be begins to try to control her and uh, it becomes about the ways in which this kind of patriarchal uh, obsessive love uh, kind of dooms relationships and uh, it's a really really powerful film really uh, great performances by Emil Jannings and Marlena Dietrich. It's uh, it's a really, really compelling film and uh, one of those great works of German cinema uh, from the, I believe, the 30s that uh, I think is... I'm really glad that Criterion has it on the channel. Uh, it didn't because the, the, the Sternberg and Dietrich box set that is that Criterion released is focused on their Hollywood work. This one isn't a part of it and... Uh, I believe the disc was released by Kino. Um, this is a this is one that is really uh, really worth uh, checking out for anyone that uh, that doesn't have that disc. So yeah, I'm not familiar with this one, but you have sold me on it 100%. And I'll watch just about anything Marlena Dietrich is in. So yeah. thank you for this one. It is going bumping up to the top of my list too. Yeah, it's it's pretty great. As a, just an aside, uh, so my background is in theater as well, and uh, th this was an inspiration for me to for a a play that I ended up writing and directing as well. And so, this is one of those. This was was one of those foundational works for me that uh, you know you you end up 
taking your inspirations from so many of the the films so it it holds a special place in my heart yeah yeah nice what are some films that you're going to try and catch uh this month or in the months that they're on the channel oh my gosh so many um i already mentioned the black western series um cast a dark shadow looked really good i'm excited Mm. about that one the lady eve I haven't, mm-hmm. I didn't pick that one up during one of the last sales or anything, so I'm excited to see it on the channel because it looks hilarious. A lot of the Preston Sturges stuff I'm excited to watch because I've seen Sullivan's Travels, but um, not a lot of the other things. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I just need something kind of fun in my life right now. Yeah, yeah. And opening night, you know, back to theater stuff uh that Mm -hmm. one drew my attention right away and when i read the description it was like okay this is right up my alley gotta check this one out yeah yeah that's great Uh, i think i'm really really excited for the mark cousins women make film uh, documentary i think that's the one uh i saw at the seattle international film festival a few years ago i saw a uh one of his pieces and i haven't seen enough of his so i do need to watch story of film and many of his other works but um he did one piece that was called a uh, storm in my heart which uh compared and contrasted the work of uh lena horn with one of her white contemporaries and he uh essentially just played two films side by side with text on them uh kind of comparing and contrasting their careers and you could see how 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 the Hollywood system treated this black actress differently. And uh, it just was a magnificent work of kind of creative nonfiction and found footage. And uh, so I'm, I'm really curious to see more and more of what he does as a documentarian and as a filmmaker. And so I'm really eager to dive into this really long form uh, exploration of women's roles in cinema because I think that we have erased that from the the story. So uh, this is one that I'm going to be really, really excited to dig into. Yes, I'm excited about that one too. I've read a few books on female filmmakers and like early film female filmmakers. And what surprised me a lot was that in the silent era, there was actually a decent number of female filmmakers. But as film got bigger and more popular and everything they were slowly Mm -hmm. squeezed out so i'm interested to explore that and then also you know how it was kind of in the middle section where women were not taken seriously and not allowed to do a lot and now as we are starting to open up a little bit more to female filmmakers yeah yeah I think it's it's going to be a, a fascinating journey through that. Yeah, I'm also really interested in the um, the Nelly Kaplan films. Um, I mm. think those just look really fascinating. I'm I'm always intrigued by uh, filmmakers I don't know, and especially filmmakers who have been working for a long time, and uh, that uh, I just don't have much familiarity with. So I always feel like it's great to have my blind spots filled in and uh the so this is uh this is always really exciting for me and that's part part of the thing i love about the channel is that i get to kind of discover filmmakers that i probably should have known about but i don't 
Yeah, and they bring in... I'm not disparaging any of the other services because they have some amazing things on there too, but Criterion is nice because they bring in some of the not as big in pop culture or some stuff that Mm. may be outside of the mainstream. Yeah, yeah. And I love that because, yes, I've learned so much in my film education from them or just flipping through the channel going, oh, what's this thing? Oh, I don't know. I haven't heard of this director. Okay, let's watch it. And it's an amazing way to discover things. And like you said, fill in gaps in my film knowledge. And there are so many movies and filmmakers out there that it's difficult sometimes to find things. Mm -hmm. So when it's centralized like that, then you can really discover stuff. Yeah. and, And I find too that the way they contextualize uh, and the way they often will provide yes. really short introductions to many of these filmmakers to help you uh, know who they are, to give you a bit of context for who they are. I just find that service so invaluable uh, rather than just stumbling across a film by uh, a filmmaker that I may not know and not really getting much by way of understanding who this filmmaker is and why this this filmmaker is important in the context of cinema it's just it i find again everything that they are doing on the channel is so important to for me anyway of of getting us a, a sense of their place in the larger cinematic um landscape i agree with that completely and i also love how they do the collections because then if you do enjoy that person it's like oh here's another thing that i can watch by them right away yeah yeah it's really really helpful yeah well you know as as we we like as i like to say around here you know criterion gives and criterion taketh away so we are losing a good chunk of films this month and there's some painful ones too and I'm just going to dive right into it because this is this is rough. This is this hurts hurts the heart a little bit. From this this new Black Westerns bundle, we are losing both Skin Game and Posse. From starring Jane Fonda, we're losing Walk on the Wild Wild Side, Cat Baloo, The Chase, Barefoot in the Park, Barbarella, Fun with Dick and Jane, California Sweet, The China Syndrome, and The Morning After. Uh, we're losing the rest of the New Korean Cinema Bundle, which includes The Quiet Family, Nowhere to Hide, Joint Security Area, The Foul King, Sympathy for Mr. Vengeance, Save the Green Planet, A Tale of Two Sisters, Crying Fist, and Lady Vengeance. From the Directed by John M. Stahl Bundle, we're losing Backstreet, Imitation of Life, Magnificent Obsession, and When Tomorrow Comes. From the 70s Horror Bundle, we're losing a few more titles, including Daughters of Darkness, The Nightcomers, Deathline, The Wicker Man, Black Christmas, Shivers, and Rabid. From the starring Peter Sellers Bundle, we're losing The Mouse That Roared, Never Let Go, Only Two Can Play, Lolita and the Optimists. We're losing the entire Directed by João Pedro Rodriguez Bundle, with Ophantisma, Two Drifters, To Die Like a Man, and The Ornithologist. We're losing the entire Women Filmmakers of New World Pictures bundle, with The Student Nurses, The Velvet Vampires, Humanoids from the Deep, The Slumber Party Massacre, and Suburbia. 
We're losing from the 30 years of the Film Foundation bundle, Hell's Heroes, Hallelujah, and He Who Gets Slapped. From the Directed by Catherine Brayal bundle, we're losing Romance, Bluebeard, The Sleeping Beauty, and Abuse of Weakness. From Directed by Barbara Koppel, we're losing American Dream. From Lovers on the Run, we're losing Badlands. From Directed by Pedro Costa, we're losing Casa de Lava. From the Criterion Collection editions, we're losing Monsoon Wedding, Riot on Se in Cell Block 11, Ministry of Fear, The Manchurian Candidate. We're losing the Saturday matinees of Kikaru and the Sorceress, The Incredible Shrinking Man and The Cameraman. And then individual titles, these were either parts of double features or films that uh, just played on their own. We're going to be losing We Need to Talk About Kevin, Christine, Dear Zachary, A Letter to a Son About His Father, Sudden Fear, Beware the Blob, The Man with the Golden Arm, Nosferatu, Peeping Tom, and The Last Party. So it's a, you know, it's, it, there's some big ones that we're losing that, that new Korean cinema bundle. I know that was a pretty popular one, losing some big ones out of that seventies horror bundle. I mean, this is, this is a lot that we're getting rid of. Uh, Laura, what do people need to catch before they leave? What are a couple of ones that just, they have to see? So yeah, this was hard to narrow down uh, because there's a lot of great ones, but definitely I would recommend people check out A Tale of Two Sisters. Mm. Such a fantastic movie. Have you seen that one? I have not yet. No. Okay. This is okay. This is going on my list. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a what's the best way to describe it without giving too much away. Um. It's atmospheric, it's relationship, it's creepy. Uh, is it supernatural? Is it not? It's just, it's brilliant. I really love it. Hmm. So I highly recommend that one. It is a tale of two sisters. And one of them is, they've, they're moving back into a house after something very traumatic has happened. And one of them doesn't really speak. And the older sister is just trying to take care of her. And they have this new stepmom that they don't get along with. And weird stuff starts to happen. And you don't know exactly, like, is the stepmom trying to kill them? Or are they doing something? And why does the dad not seem to notice everything that's going on? Everybody in it is the acting is superb and the writing is good. And there's some fantastic shots in it and some really creepy stuff. So highly recommend that one. And then that Jane Fonda bundle is so great. Recently, I watched mm. Cat Baloo and The China Syndrome. It, she's just such a fantastic actor. So... Anything in that bundle, I recommend catching before it's gone. And then a couple others. If you need something else dark and depressing, we need to talk about Kevin is, yeah. again, the acting in it is just amazing. But it is a really dark and depressing story. So if you have anything bad going on in your life right now, maybe don't watch that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I uh, I want to recommend especially the two uh, fairy tales from Catherine Brayal. Uh, I like most of Catherine Brayal's films. I find it, her stuff really compelling and really fascinating. But I think that the two fairy tales, Bluebeard and the Sleeping Beauty, really intriguing. 
Um, I think that the word provocateur gets thrown around a little too frequently, especially uh, gets self-owned by a lot of men who just like to be jerks with their films. Uh, but I think that Catherine Brayall is uh, one of those filmmakers who is really, really interested in women's experiences and especially in uh, the experiences of young girls and teenagers and the experience of adolescence. And I think that in her fairy tales, she looks at how frightening adolescence is and mm. what that experience is like. And uh, I just think that she she captures something really mysterious and really just really incredible in those films. Um, they're not easy films. They're not they're not your typical fairy tales, but they are really thought provoking. And, um, you know, uh, I had, uh, Becky DeAnna on recently and she talked about uh, a conversation she had with a, a friend of hers who's a film professor at UCLA. And he talked about how most filmmakers, you can group them into either, especially in, in, uh, things like the new wave or in, um, in a lot of film movements, you have the humanists and the polemicists, and Catherine Prayle is definitely much more of a polemicist, someone who is mm. trying to make statements with her films. And and uh, I think that um, in all of her work, um, she is really trying to confront her audience with uh, and, and force her audience to, uh, to, to see these experiences. So uh, I think these are really, really fascinating. I also would recommend the film Christine. Uh, it's in that in one of those individual titles. It was playing as a double feature with the uh, documentary Kate Plays Christine. I think that this this narrative retelling of the life of uh, Christine Chubbuck, who was a newscaster who had a tragic life, um, I think it's a really, really compelling story. Not everyone is going to connect with it, but I think that it is a, I think it's a really, really fascinating story. And uh, I think that Rebecca Hall in the lead role is really, uh, really incredible. And uh, I think it's a, a really strong film as well. Well, I just added a bunch of stuff to my watch list. Thank you. Yes, you're welcome. This is this is part of the joy of doing these types of shows, right? Is getting to yeah. uh, getting recommendations and uh, yeah. What are some things that you're going to try to catch before they leave? Since we're in this mad dash to try to watch everything. <laughs> yes, so I am really interested in watching Sudden Fear. I love Joan mm. Crawford and. Um, it's got a fantastic cast, Jack Palance and Gloria Graham, and, you know, fits in with my mystery death theme that I yeah. like. So I'm, I'm, I want to watch that one before it goes. And then I'm really interested in checking out, and I will pronounce this wrong because I pronounce everything wrong, Kikiro and the Sorceress. Mm. That one looks amazing. I love animated films and even just the still picture that they have on there is like, yes, this looks right up my alley. Yeah. Yeah, that one looks really fascinating. Really just gorgeously animated. Yeah, yeah. and you know, you don't see a ton of West African animated folktales. So it's like, how did I 
not see this before, but there's so many films on the channel that it's easy to miss stuff sometimes. Yeah, yeah. I think I'm going to try, if I if I have the time, uh, I'd like to try to watch some of the Jao Pedro Rodriguez films. Mm. I watched The Ornithologist at... Uh, at the at SIF, the Seattle International Film Festival, a few years ago, and was really, really mesmerized by it. It's a really haunting meditation on identity and faith and queer identity, and I mean, it's just this really, really gorgeous film that that makes me want to look at some of his earlier work. I don't know that I'm going to get to any of these, but uh, his work yeah. is definitely on my list to to get to see. And I think that the Women Filmmakers of New World Pictures is a bundle that has been on my radar to try to catch. Just seeing what these these female filmmakers were trying to do in the 70s is really curious to me in trying to subvert these um, genre tropes at that time and trying to put a more feminist bent on it. I know that um, the Velvet Vampire... Uh, David Blakesley was on my uh, podcast a while ago talking about that film and how it felt. He said it felt like a a bit of a uh, an inspiration for the films of Anna Biller. And I really like her work. And so that one may be one that I, I squeeze in uh, to my viewing because I think that... I can I can I can get at least one of those in. And that one sounds like it might be the the one to try to catch. That one was fun, and it has such a vivid color palette in it that really, the story is, a, at times, can be a little like, eh, what, uh, I don't understand exactly all the rules here, but okay, but it's just so, so bold and brilliant mm. that it kind of works with yeah. the unbalancedness of it all. I, I had a lot of fun with it. Well, that's good to know. That's really good to know, and uh, it's good to know to if I if I do end up watching it to to not expect a story that makes sense. I mean, overall, it does, but there are some bits that it's like, okay, I'll just I'll just let that slide. <laughs> yes, yeah. <laughs> no, that's great. That's great, Laura. Thank you so much for being on the show today. This has been a lot of fun talking with you about these films, and uh, I'm excited to have you on uh, later in the summer when life calms down a bit for both of us hopefully and <laughs> and we'll get to talk uh, you're going to be on for an episode about uh, world travels and uh, we'll travel through the the magic of cinema yes that's going to be so exciting thank you for having me on this was a lot of fun i really enjoyed getting to talk to another film person about all these wonderful movies yeah this has been really really great well where can people find you online so my personal stuff, I'm on Instagram, Twitter, and it's all canon with two ends, like the big gun, Lara C. And that's my name on uh, Instagram and Twitter. And then for the podcast, uh, we're Fatal Fems. We're on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Oh, I'm also on Letterboxd, too. And we have awesome. a list of everything that we've covered on the show and everything that we've recommended on the show as well there. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much. This has been great. Thank you. Yeah, it was fun. Thanks for having me. You can find Criterion Channel Surfing at CriterionCast.com and our website CinemaCocktail.com. 
And you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And you can also find the show on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook by searching for Criterion Channel Surfing. If you'd like to continue the conversation, join us in the Criterion Channel Club Facebook group or send us a message at criterionchannelsurfing at gmail.com. You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Letterboxd at Josh Hornbeck. Our logo was designed by Doug McCambridge of the Good Times Great Movies podcast. You can see more of his design work at dpmdesigns.com. Criterion Channel Surfing is a proud member of Criterion Cast, a podcast network and website for fans of quality theatrical and home video releases. Find out more at CriterionCast.com and support the work of Criterion Cast at patreon.com slash CriterionCast. Criterion Channel Surfing is listener supported, so please consider donating to the show at patreon.com slash Josh Hornbeck. For just $5 a month, you get early access to all regular and bonus episodes of the show. And for $10 a month, you'll have the chance to give my guest and I a film to discuss in a special Patreon-only bonus episode. I'd like to continue to thank all of our regular Criterion Channel Surfing supporters. Thank you so much for supporting the show. It really does mean so much. On the next episode of Criterion Channel Surfing, my guest and I will sit down to discuss April's new and expiring titles. I hope you'll join us. Thanks for listening. Criterion Cast, a podcast network and website for fans of quality theatrical and home video releases. Find out more at CriterionCast.com.